Hello and welcome to another edition of the Turk Ferguson Report. I am your host, Arthur Mosley. Today we travel up to Oakwood in Hall County to talk to Coach Crofton Montgomery, the head coach of the West Hall Spartans. Coach Montgomery is in his second season, and we are happy to have him on the program this year. Coach Montgomery, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Appreciate you. Coach, thanks for thanks so much for uh, taking some time to talk with us. I know it's a busy time of year uh, year for you, but uh, before we jump into it, tell us a little bit about yourself, your history. Where uh, I know this is your second season at West Hall as a head coach, but why did you get into coaching and teaching, and who's influenced you the most? Uh, my dad was a baseball coach for thirty plus years, uh, multiple levels, and um, just kind of grew up in a coaching family. I'm originally from a place outside of Sandusky, Ohio. We're up there, so. I was 24 and then I uh, moved down to Georgia, but uh, grew up playing all three sports, uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, baseball was probably my first love uh, just because I grew up on a ball diamond. Mm-hmm. But then um, football, as I continued to grow, kind of became the ticket to, to get to college and then um, went and played two years of college football and graduated from Bowling Green State University in uh, 2004. And then uh, literally moved down to Georgia six months later uh, just for kind of an opportunity, not really necessarily looking to live here the rest of my life. And then uh, got caught. I was already coaching a few years in Ohio that my last couple of years in college. And then, um, you know, just kind of around. And then next thing you know, full, full blown into coaching in Georgia. And there's, you know, there's no going back at that point. Coach, you're in your two, your two of your program. What are some of the expectations uh, in the second season for you and, and that you have for the uh, players in the program? The, the biggest the biggest thing I want to see, and uh, I think we are seeing right now, is just the, uh, the overall uh, grasping of, of our expectation. Um, I was part of the program for five years. Uh, we had a good five-year run. Coach Tony Lottie uh, made the playoffs five years in a row. And did, did good things. So there, it wasn't like it was broke and had to completely change something. But uh, when, you know, a new coach comes in, there's going to be some things to do differently. Um, and, you know, people leave jobs for different reasons. And uh, I saw West Hall as a great place to, to teach and coach. And uh, it's a place that uh, I'm really glad to be at. And, um, but, you know, it comes with challenges just like any job does. And uh, I really, really want the kids to get a grasp the aspect of being able to, uh, overcome a lot of a lot of outside influences uh we live really close to um, Gainesville City we live really close to Buford um, two traditional powerhouses in football mm-hmm. and uh you know you get a lot of a lot of people that sometimes you don't think that those are the only two places around here and uh, we're not the only one um, you know there's a lot of whole kind of schools here and you get kind of that vibe North Hall's been successful in the past and uh, you know West Hall's more recent to the scene they, they were good back in the the late nineties, early two thousands, and then had kind of a lull there and then had some success again. And, um, you know, we just want to continue that success because I was part of it five years in a row and making the state playoffs last year, you know, they brought Denmark and flowery branch into our region. Um, whereas the two previous years, it was just, you had to win basically one region game to get in with chastity and white, uh, Maris plus the Trinity S well, now you had two more. So you're going to have to get three region wins to get in. And, uh, there's not a single game on there. That's not a challenging, uh, opponent so it's a 
really just getting the kids to grasp the fact that, uh, you know, we're a program here to stay. We're a program that, that's serious. we got a great coaching staff, great community, great administration, and something that we want to be able to, to just continue to, to make everyone proud in, the, in Oakwood and, and West Hall and, and uh, not be that forgotten Hall County school out there on McEver Road. So. Coach, you kind of alluded to it uh, when you talked about the, your schedule, but the biggest challenges that you and your staff face coming into this season, what would you say that is? Our biggest challenge this year is we are very, very young. Um, as young as any team I've been a part of in 16 years of coaching football. Um, got three sophomore linebackers that are going to start. Um, that, and that They may not look like a sophomore, and that's the thing. You know, you look at, you look at the tape, and they're, they're good athletes. They're long. They're big. Um, but they're still sophomores and, you know, physically are not uh, as strong as somebody that's 17, 18. You know, they're still 15, 16. Uh, just that extra year in the weight room, uh, extra year in that scheme, um, playing at a little bit higher level, a little bit quicker, a little bit crisper. Um, so we're, we're very young, you know, in secondary linebacker spots. Um, our secondary, we've got a, a freshman starter right now, a safety, uh, two corners that are sophomores and a junior, rising junior. So. Uh, we don't have a ton of returning starters, so breaking in a lot of pieces. Um, they weren't necessarily starters, but they did play a lot last year in the game, so it's, it's not like I feel completely uncomfortable with that. But, you know, when the lights turn on on a Friday night, it's, it's just it's a different feel. It's a little bit faster. It's a little bit crisper. Everything's on the line. And, um, you know, you just don't know exactly how people are going to react. So you try to put them in those situations in practice, and seven-on-sevens, and uppers camps throughout the summer and all the things that we do to try to, you know, get people prepared. But until those lights come on, you just really never know. Um, I had a spring game against North Hall. Um, North Hall's a really good team this year, uh, very well coached by Dave Bishop, and uh, definitely gave us really good film to look at, especially for our run defense um, and things to improve on because uh, they're, they're, like I said, a very quality team. Uh, they executed very well for in the spring especially, and, uh, glad we play those types of games. You try to explain that to a team. It's like, do you want to win every game? Yeah. Does the spring game matter in the grand scheme of things? No. Um, but it's a heck of a take for us to, to be able to go back and get better. Um, and, you know, North Hall, the thing is, um, we've been playing them in the spring because we're not in the same region anymore. And <clears throat> I think it was two years ago, the shoe was on the other foot, and we, we kind of did that. They were a bunch of sophomores out there playing. And we had a lot of success against North Hall. And then now you look at it now, we got sophomores. And so you're hoping to see that same type of ascension of kids that are out there buying into the process, hitting the weights, getting better every day, and, you know, maturing into that because that, that talent's there. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a couple of classes in a row. The talent is there. Um, it's just having that time when you're freshman, sophomores. We have a huge freshman class. We've got 26 freshmen. Uh, my sophomore class is 22. And uh, a lot of really good players in those classes. They're just young. And um, you just got to have them come to age in a hurry. I mean, we played freshmen last year, a couple of them, very talented. But uh, we had a lot of seniors. We had 18 seniors last year. And um, that's a lot of starting starting positions that we got to fill. Coach, what are you looking for most to this upcoming season? Just playing ball, really. Um I, I know that we've had a lot. We've had some kids really, really work hard this off season. Um, you know, seeing them have success, uh, knowing how hard my coaching staff works, knowing how hard uh, my offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, Will Gross, Travis Raley, uh, how how much time they spend 
not in season, but out of season, how much time we spend in the weight room, how much time we actually spend just talking about these things, how much time these kids watch film and do what we ask, and just to see it pay off for them in a positive manner. I mean, to say we're going to go out and win a state title, I mean, is, is, is something that I think every program has as a goal. I mean, you know, that, that clean slate, let's go win a state title. Mm-hmm. Um, we play in a, a very, very tough region. So, you know, if we would get, if we can make the playoffs in our region, I think anything is possible. Um, so really the main thing about the season, that we, you know, we want to get back in the playoffs and to get back in the playoffs, we're going to have to beat some very talented teams. Um, so this really, but overall, just looking forward to, you know, the, the toe touch of life and just getting back on the field, man. I, I don't think there's anything like a Friday night. I played, I played college football. I played, uh, you know, a lot of different sports growing up. But to me, it's just nothing compares to the lights on a Friday night. So, just that feel, man. Nothing like it. Well, coach, like you mentioned, uh, uh, look down the uh, your region schedule. You get the two-time uh, defending state champion, uh, Blessed Trinity, traditional power Marist. Like you said, uh, Denmark is newcomer. Uh, Flowery Branch. They've got a pretty good quarterback over there, and Elijah Ganey. Uh, you know, White County's no slouch. Dawson County's no slouch. I mean, it, uh, I, I just don't see an easy. There's no easy, there's no week off in uh, in that region, Coach. No, there's not. Um, uh, last year through week seven, we had the toughest schedule in all seven classifications, um, based on uh, the teams that had, we had played with their win loss record. Um, we had the toughest schedule in the state of Georgia, and that was all classifications the uh, max preps and the win-loss record, which was kind of crazy because, I mean, I knew we played a tough schedule. Um, you know, I get the Georgia High School Football Daily like everybody else does, mm-hmm. go in and read it. Next thing you know, it's like on the top line. We had the toughest schedule in the state. <laughs> and, and then the, the newspaper's running it. And, and you know, I, I guess it you know it vindicates you some of the things that happen in terms of scores and stuff. But, you know, that only takes you so far. You, know, you can't use it as a crutch. Um but I, make no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, when you're, when you're playing at Jefferson, uh, just – I was talking about this with my coaching staff. <laughs> you know, we start off with Commerce. Mm-hmm. Commerce is a, a single-A traditional powerhouse. Um, Michael Brown is a great coach. Uh, the guy's done nothing but great things as a coordinator and a head coach at Commerce. Um, team goes deep in the playoffs every year. Very physical. Uh, then we play Johnson, which is the Battle of Oakwood, and we usually get Johnson's best game. And, you know, they got Stan Luttrell there now, guy that's been many places, had success at Chester T as a head coach, uh, you know, was at, with Jess Simpson, who's now with the Atlanta Falcons for three years at Buford, coached with him. Um, you know, we saw him at an uppers camp there, improved. Then you go and play Jefferson. Um, you know, Gene Cathcart's won, what, two, three state titles in mm-hmm. South Carolina. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're playing him. You start looking at the coaches I'm going against and, and then the teams themselves. And you're looking at, you know, an Alan, uh, Alan Chadwick, you know, Tim McFarland and, uh, uh, Tim Coakley, who's won state titles in Florida. And, um, I'm trying to think of Ben Hall. I mean, to me, Ben Hall's a top 10 coach in the state of Georgia, all classifications. I think he, he runs a, an excellent program. The guy's a really, really good coach. I've uh, watched a lot of things he's done over the years. And, um, it is not there's not something there that you just look at and say, Man, this is gonna be a game that I really just feel like we can win even if we had an off night. Mm-hmm. So I mean we gotta bring our we gotta bring our A game every Friday. Um 
you know, it's a heck of a challenge. And, I mean, and we talked to the kids about that. You know, you're going to get a chance to play the best 4A in the state of Georgia. Um, we're also the smallest 4A school in the state of Georgia. Um, I don't know if you knew that. I did not, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. We are the – right now we're, we're, we're the – we have the smallest population of any of the 4As that are currently in 4A. Um, so the, the new reclass doesn't happen until next year. But, right. our, you know, our population is definitely not on par. Like, we played Denmark this year. You know, last year, there's another one, Terry Crowder, you know, one state title at 7A or mm-hmm. 6A. Um, you know, just all, probably a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, going against all these guys that, you know, have been successful and have ran great programs in multiple places. And it's uh, – it's just it's wild. I mean, Denmark, like I said, we beat them last year, uh, but Denmark's also got a little bit different squad this year, and they got all of their kids were all juniors, so they're all coming back. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about your schedule. Let's talk about some of the players on your team on offense and defense. Who are some of your uh, uh, guys that uh, stand out on the field, or you expect to stand out, or even some of the guys that uh, names that we didn't know last season that you expect uh, maybe expecting some big things out of this season. Well, offensively, it kind of starts with our, our quarterback-running back-receiver combo. Um, we have Solomon Riley at running back. He was first-team all-region, seven-quad-A running back, uh, very talented uh, with the ball. And talented blocker, really, really good player. Um, I would expect him to have have some offers soon, um, some one-double-A type offers, very good athlete, explosive. We're bringing back Clayton Jenkins at quarterback. Uh, he's a player that um, – Got six starts last year after our senior quarterback got injured. Uh, we've got a lot of experience, through for over a thousand yards, eleven touchdowns. Um, knows the offense, and then we have a receiver. You talk about some of the people don't know about. We do. We got a receiver. Uh, people that were that went against the seven on sevens this summer. We'll know about him, um, and, and I'm sure a lot of other people will as the season progresses. But uh, his name's Rodrigo Lopez, and uh, he's a six-two, hundred ninety-pound uh, rising junior who. Is a legit four or five guy and uh, has really good hands. Extremely, extremely strong. Uh, is a two ninety power cleaner, three hundred bench presser. Um, just very wiry, very fast twitch, and uh, can definitely uh, play with just about about anybody. So those three right there are the when it comes to you know playmakers. Um, those are the three that we really need to, to play really well. Um, but really, it comes down to the line of scrimmage. I mean, we got to have an offensive line that. Um, is capable of, of playing four quarters. Uh, a lot of times last year, we would be good for a quarter and a half, uh, good for two quarters. The Dawson game comes to mind. After first, after the first quarter against Dawson, we're actually winning that game. And by the end of that game, that score didn't indicate that we were ever in it. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to piece things together and some some adversity strikes, not just – can't fold that tent, man. You got you got to keep going. And some of it came from inexperience. Some of it came from senior leadership. Um, I feel like they've been coached really hard the off season. Did a lot of really good work in the mornings with Coach Ryden, who's my uh, offensive line coach. And I, I think they're going to be um, a lot better than they have been in the past. And I, I feel like I should have passed. I'm talking basically last year, but um, I, I feel like that that group right there is going to be able to be the group that either makes or breaks us offensively because. You gotta, gotta have time to throw the ball. You gotta, you gotta be able to open those lanes. You gotta be able to protect your quarterback. So, getting three of those things going, um, we don't have four receivers that are gonna be able to stretch people vertical. So, uh, 
we got some really good intermediate receivers. We got a Hunter Samples, who's a uh, a really good slot receiver. Um, we got uh, uh, Zach Lingle, who didn't get to play last year, had knee injury. Who's a senior receiver, really good hands, tall kid. Um, got Gavin Hanville. We got some kids that have played the program a long time, who can show that they can do things. But we got to we you know, it all starts up front, giving them the time to basically be able to you know complete some of the balls we're doing. So offensively, we we try to stay balanced. We try to throw 50 percent and run 50 percent. And um, we used to be a very heavy run team, but we like throwing it a lot more um, last year and going into this year just because of the personnel we have and, and getting some different kids out in school. So, Coach, how about your defense? Uh, any guys on defense that are returning that uh, you're expecting big things out of this season? Yeah. Uh, in, our inside linebacker, Caden Collins, He's um, he's been a – he has improved tremendously. Uh, he started for us last year. He was a little bit thicker, um, played a little bit more in between the tackles. And uh, he's trained his body and gotten in great shape in the weight room and through conditioning where uh, he's going to be a four-quarter guy, a sideline to sideline, um, just a really became a really good football player. Um, he's had a great summer. Uh, just hoping he stays healthy. And uh, I think he's going to have a really good year because he is – his conditioning is, is bar none. I mean, he, he can go all day. Uh, he, he doesn't get tired because he's pushed himself and he's gotten himself in just excellent shape, takes care of his body, stays hydrated, just does everything you ask for a kid to do. And uh, he, he's bought in. And, man, I just – I'm looking forward to really big things from him. I think he's going to have a special season um, at linebacker. Uh, another one is Gavin Hanville, um, who also plays slot receiver for us, uh, senior safety. He's kind of an unsung hero. He, um, he makes a ton of tackles. He's one of those kids that just kind of sh- doesn't get a lot of fanfare. Coach, uh, can you talk to us about some of the players uh, that are high performers off the field and off the gridiron, maybe in the classroom and in the community? Yeah. Our, our, that first first two that really jump out to me are uh, Jacob Galt, our center. He is a, a, just a very well-rounded kid. Um, does a lot of different things with FCA and our chorus. Um Starting center last year, um, good player, solid family, just a, a great kid, the kind of kid that you give your keys to your house and just trust them. Uh, and, that, and then we also have a defensive end uh, who has, has a pretty good chance of playing in college as well, uh, really high grades, uh, great tactician with his hands, understands schemes real well. Logan Ormerod is his name, and um, big, tall kid. Uh, he has a chance to uh, – be a really good football player, but great community member. Um, those two really kind of set the example of uh, what a student athlete can be. Um, they're not the only two, though. I mean, we have a lot. Uh, I think we're blessed with really good kids. Uh, there's not anybody that I, I just sticks out to me that I say, man, I got to worry about him on a daily basis. We got about 65, 70 kids who truly are blessing the coach because they're, they're well behaved. Um, they listen. They take the coaching that they get. They do, for the most part, a really good job in the classroom. Uh, they're respectful to people, and uh, <clears throat> it's been it's been been fun to coach these kind of kids for sure. Well, coach sounds like a very good problem to have up in Oakwood. Uh, on, on the phone again with Coach Crofton Montgomery. Coach, we got a few more questions, and we'll cut you loose. Uh, uh, schedule this season. I know we talked about it, but there any are there any games that are circled? I know you got the Battle of Oakwood with uh, Johnson, but any other games circled on your schedule? 
Yeah. Uh, we want to win them all. There's no doubt. But to make the playoffs, we got to beat White County. We got to beat Chesity. We got to beat uh, either a Denmark, a Blessed Trinity, a Flowery Branch, or a Maris. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you go against people, you see them in the summer, you try to measure yourself up, see where you play them, what part of the year, who's going to be, you know, dinged up, et cetera. Um, you kind of circle the White County and the Chesapeake game. Those are two that are very much improved. Uh, White County is a good program. Chesapeake is coached very well. Uh, Coach Conley does a great job there. And they have a dynamic quarterback, a really good quarterback, best quarterback in the region. Mm. <clears throat> I don't know. Do you, you talk to them about have you talked to Coach Allen? I have not to, uh, heard from Chester T, but uh, I will. I will go do my homework. That's for sure, Coach. He was region region seven quad A offensive player of the year last year, um, and that's in a region with Steel Chambers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, well, I could go down a list. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton from Maris, who's playing at Notre Dame, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you're talking about guys going to be playing on Sundays, so. Coach, what's the, what's been your greatest coaching memory? Oh, well, you talking about on the game or off the field, uh, or just overall? Over, over, <laughs> uh, overall. My favorite coaching memory that I've had was we played Troop County, and we played on a Thursday night because they share a stadium. And somebody else was in the playoffs. There was a college game on a Saturday. Somebody else, like, won the tiebreaker to play on a Friday. So we played on a Thursday night. And uh, we were the only team that actually played on a Thursday night because it's not normal, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the, both coaches had to agree, et cetera. And <clears throat> they were state-ranked. We were not. <laughs> and there was something special from the moment we got on the bus that night all the way to the end of that game. I, it, it's hard to – Put, put your finger on it, but the whole coaching staff was just locked in. Um, the players were just locked in. I mean, they just, it was one of those feelings you're like, uh, Troop was, I think, ranked number eight in state that, that year. Um, they were averaging like 50 points a game. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, our players just had this mentality. If we, we do what we had game planned, that we're going to win this game. And I, there was like no doubt in their mind. And um, so the game gets going. You know, and it, it's a it's a great game. Um, you know, they're moving the ball. I bet they had 400 yards of offense and scored 20 points. Um, it's one of those games that uh, we, we had five interceptions on them. Mm. But uh, I was the offensive coordinator. So there was a turning point in the game. Uh, we're actually down. I believe it's uh, – actually, it was 21 to 17. It wasn't 20. It was 21-17. And it was a third and nine. And there's a receiver we had, Tanner Ahmad, and my quarterback. And uh, I called a, seven, a 71 square. And um, from the box, they're, they're all like, hey, go go to the right side. And my, my odds with the left, it's a passing entry that we were doing at the time. And, you know, they're, they're like, go to the right side, this cornerback's, this cornerback's uh, he's hurt, go after him. You know, he's limping around. But I was like, I'm putting the ball in our best player's hands because mm-hmm. there was like three minutes to go in the fourth. And uh, just so quarterback throws that ball, Tanner catches it, and I, I promise you that you could you could throw a piece of yarn down there. I mean, it was right in front of me on our sideline, <laughs> like like between that white and his foot, 
and he caught that with one foot in. We got the first down, and we proceeded to just basically run ISO all the way down the field and hammer it in with about a minute left and um, to go up in that game. And it was just kind of like the unwavering aspect of it. It was like a just nobody, nobody, nobody picked us. I mean, most people thought we we're going to be get, I think we were 35 point underdogs oh, wow. on the computers. Um, that was, it was one of the, the bigger moments, I guess, in, in terms of just feeling like we really prepared a team that was not, nobody was giving us a chance. We were playing team, a team that had division one guys all over the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that one of the guys name was like King. Makuda. Of, yes. And, they had quarterbacks. I mean, they got guys that could just get after it and run and fly. And uh, for us to beat them that night was just—it was a very special moment. But I also had to throw in in a loss. One of the, one of the proudest moments I think ever as a coach was uh, we played Cartersville in t- 2014, mm-hmm. and we were we were 55 point underdogs, and uh, went all the way down to the end. And you know, we lost by one point. And um, when I said go down to the end with uh, 15 seconds left, uh, we missed a, a field goal. Oh, man. And uh, it was a 27-yard field goal. It wasn't like it was a, uh, you know, don't want to put it on a kicker or nothing. But uh, it's one of them things where you're <laughs> like, yeah, and we missed two field goals in that game. And uh, we just played out of our minds. And, uh, you know, Cartersville was like number two in the state at that time. And, and um, we just, we played an unbelievable game. And, just, a, I don't think I've ever been as proud of a team, I guess I would say. I wouldn't say it's my best moment. Mm-hmm. I've never been as proud of a team as that that game because nobody gave us a chance. I mean, there was, you know, very few people even in the stands for them. Um, this was back when Frank Barton was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, very few people in the game. Um, you know, people didn't travel well. I think they were just looking at it as, you know, they're going to get blown out. Um, this is the first round. We're a four seed. They're a one seed. And we outplayed them. I mean, we outgained them in yardage. Um, I felt like we outplayed them. We just honestly didn't put a couple balls through the upright. We didn't finish some drives. I mean, it's like we would just would have finished the drive uh, and never put it on anybody else's back. Um, but, man, that, so proud of that team. That was a, just an unbelievable feeling to, uh, to, to see them pour everything out on the field. And, you know, high school kids that do that, it was, it was pretty pretty special. Sounds like a couple of very special moments, Coach. Um, Coach Montgomery, got a couple more questions for you. Uh, if you weren't teaching or coaching, what career career would you have chosen? Uh, I wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, political science and uh, history was kind of my background. And uh, literally my first couple of years, that's what I was going to do, is get a poli-sci degree with the teaching aspect. And uh, I was like, I'm going to go be a lawyer. And then I... I literally started going back, being around my dad, coaching baseball. And then after I played, I'd be around sports all the time. And you just get that. You can't. It's in you. Uh, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think coaching. I know some people say you, you choose to coach. I, re, I really do believe it's a calling because I don't feel right unless I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some people that like, man, you know, I'd love to have my summers off and go on vacations and do this, that and the other. And it, I feel like if I'm not out on the field, I'm missing out on something that's way more important. Uh, and uh, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I've talked to a lot of people about it that kind of think coaching's crazy because you don't make a ton of money doing it. Uh, it's, when, 
moving up. I mean, being a head coach isn't bad, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're not going to make a fortune coaching compared to what you could do in some private jobs. But, um, yeah. So being a lawyer was the, was the move I thought at one point, but, uh, that, that's what I would see myself probably doing because I just, uh, enjoy government type stuff, enjoy the law, like learning about knowing it and all that stuff. So coach, you, you talked about, uh, uh, coaching being a calling, but what do you, what do you want your legacy to be when you're finished, uh, coaching, when you hang up the whistle? I, don't, I honestly want players to be able to come back 10 years after I've coached them and just know that I loved them. I cared about them and I did everything in the interest of them. Um, you know, wins and losses are important, but I don't think that's how you're, you're remembered. I think you remember people as human beings. And I want, I want those people just to know that I gave them everything that I had and that, uh, I truly, truly care about them because it, that's the truth. I mean, uh, I feel like it's, uh, you know, they don't stop being one of my players when they graduate. Um, and that didn't matter if I was a head coach, coordinator, or what I was. Uh, I just feel like, you know, they should be able to reach out to me. I'm going to help them any way I can. Uh, there's just that, that part of that brotherhood that, uh, just never stops and just being able to try to make people more productive citizens. I want them to be better, smarter, wealthier, better husbands, better fathers, all of that than I even was. And I mean, you know, that's what I want. I want them people to to continue to to strive to be great and strive to be better in all facets of life. Coach Montgomery, thanks so much for your time. One more question for you before we let you go. We want to toss you up a softball, maybe something you can plug one of your sponsors here. But if someone is traveling up to Oakwood uh, for the Commerce game on the 23rd or against Johnson uh, for the Battle of Oakwood on the 30th, uh, where's the best place to get a pregame meal in Oakwood? I would go to Nichols Diner. Um, it is a – it's – looks like an old like an old wendy's uh, not advertised great um it's about three minutes from the school uh has the best slaw dogs they have great fried chicken unbelievable burgers everything's uh handmade uh nickels diners where i, I would choose um it's one of the places i could go to every day but uh my waist waistline wouldn't like it a whole lot. <laughs> but uh it's it's it is a really good place to eat um locals know about it it's great i love it when people come in and i take them there and they, they kind of see it and you know they got they got some vinyl seats and uh you know a little crack and a little bit of tape on them and uh you know it's family owned operated and it's just it's a uh it's a great place to eat um but I, a close second to loretta's you know, loretta's is pretty famous over in oakwood that's uh you know you get your meat and veggies uh, they, and that's a great place to eat as well. So you know, that's a hard one right there. Cause Loretta's is really, really good. If you like some country food, Loretta's is right up there. Nichols Diner for me. Uh, that's, uh, that's my number one. The coach, you gave us one A and one B there. So Nichols Diner and also Loretta's. Coach, we want to thank you so much for your time, uh, spending some time with us on the program. Uh, uh, we certainly do wish you the best of luck this season. You guys get kicked off in that very tough uh, region uh, region 7 4A uh, on the 13th with Dawson County. And it, it doesn't get it, – it's not that it's any easier before, but uh, we certainly do wish you the best of luck with that uh, youthful team. And, uh, and uh, thanks again for spending some time with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Thanks again to head coach Crofton Montgomery, the head coach of the West Hall Spartans. The Spartans are in class 4A Region 7 in Oakwood, Georgia. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report and our conversations with coaches. That's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, you can find us on the web at turdferguson.com. That's T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N.com or on Twitter at turdfergusonrpt. T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N-R-P-T. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you comment in our comment section or leave us a message on Twitter. Make it a great day, everybody. Thank you.